You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and not with me in person is my co-host, Justin Raffoff, but he is joining me via telephone. Hey, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. I'm ready to talk a little bit of uh, high school football here, and uh, we don't have a lot Uh, to talk about Wilson-specific. Just a few things we want to clean up, clear up, as uh, things have changed in the last two months since we did the the winter update when we had Chad Henney here with us to talk mostly about his time with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which was very interesting. So we'll clear things up Wilson-specific that we maybe glossed over the last time we had the show two months ago. Um, But we're also not alone. We are joined by a a gentleman, a first-time guest, related to something that um, Wilson Football competed in online recently. If you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you probably saw me posting uh, daily for a while about getting votes for the Pennsylvania Football History's Best Helmet in Pennsylvania contest. And joining us this evening is the man who did the graphics for all of that. You, if you are familiar on Twitter with this contest, you saw his uh, football helmets and the uh, grassy state of Pennsylvania everywhere. And his name is Chris. His account is at END2008. So, Chris, thanks for joining us here on the Bulldog Hour. You're welcome, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Chris, why don't you just do a little brief overview of uh, yourself, your relation to high school football, and how you got involved in creating schedules and helmets and, and this contest. Just kind of introduce yourself. Uh, certainly I will. Uh, my name is Chris, and I'm actually from uh, Bradford County, which is up near the New York state line. Uh, I have a passion for high school football. Uh, it started probably back in the late seventies when I followed a, a writer named Ronnie Christ who wrote for both the uh, Patriot news and the Pottsville Republican. Um, I decided that I was going to follow high school football and kind of make it a passion. The art part of it kind of just came. And the reason that happened was I worked at a big chemical company up here called DuPont and they had a program at the time where they had to use Photoshop in one of the processes. And I started doing it, and I'm, I'm not an artist at all. <laughs> and I just decided, ah, you know, I'm going to try to make this happen. So as far as my handle, uh, at END2008, that simply stands for my son's high school. He went to Elmire, Notre Dame, and 2008 was the year that I joined Twitter. So that's kind of a brief synopsis of my background in that main fact is I'm a high school football fanatic. Yeah, my favorite part of that is that you're you are you don't have a graphic design background. You just started doing this and now your stuff is on easternpafootball.com and you work with uh, the at PA underscore FB underscore history account on Twitter. How did you link up with, with, with him? Have you worked with him in the past? Is this something that, um, you know, did you, did he come to you? Did you go to him? How did the um, helmet contest come about? Yeah, actually, that's a, a real good question. He, he actually uh, like to do the this massive project that we're going to undertake. There are 563 teams and I actually had all of them complete at that point. So he said, would you like to get in a a bracket tournament for the best high school football helmet? And I said, sure, that would actually be easy because all the artwork was really done. I mean, my part of it, I didn't have any planning or anything. It was all done. He decided to do this and was going to try to make it, you know, a, a statewide thing. And rather than just having a few select schools, he, he wanted to give a chance for every school to be involved. So that's 563 helmets. There was some 208 polls. We ended up with 83,000 votes and Coma Township came out the winner. 
Yeah, now that was an interesting design, and, and they talked about how difficult it is for them each season because each, I believe, part of the feather has to be put on individually. Um, how about for you to to draw that one? Was that one of the most difficult for you to um, design uh, digitally? Actually, what I did actually did with that was that was probably one of the hardest ones I had to draw. I kind of mostly hand drew that. And I just approximated where it had to go because most of your, I do a side view right now. I'm working on doing a three quarter view. So I kind of approximated on the flat and to myself, I thought, well, it's not great, but it's, it's the best I can do. And when I looked at it, 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 it actually kind of does match the helmet pretty closely. Yeah, I mean, it looks incredible. I, I like seeing the actual pictures of the helmets that some of the teams that were in the contest and participating, they would tweet out pictures of the actual um, helmet. And, I mean, your designs were, were perfect. I, you got a lot of great feedback. And I'm sure you – I would hope that you got a lot of people following you as a result. I, I picked up uh, uh, probably 200, and uh, the PA football history guy actually picked up – I think over a thousand. Wow. Well, uh, both of your accounts are incredible follows if you're into high school football. So this was a great way, um, you know, during this, uh, th this quarantine where people are looking for stuff to do, anything related to sports and especially, you know, the, all the accounts we follow in high school football. Uh, it was an incredible tournament to uh, watch unfold. I, I am uh, incredibly happy with how uh, Wilson ended up performing. We, you know, we ended up winning district three, although we just, we couldn't quite make it to the final four, um, you know, my, my goals changed every time uh, we advanced, um, but I was happy to win um, District 3 and I appreciate all the time you've done because I've messaged you a few times with um, some tweaks here and there because um, you also do the schedule graphics, which is really cool for uh, EasternPAFootball.com. And uh, do you do you have an off season or is this something that you're always working on? I actually I, I just retired, so but I'm a young retiree. <laughs> Uh, they treated me well at the company and I can do it pretty much all the time. Um, but I, I think because I want to get better at it, I just keep practicing and keep, and by the way, you know, each of these, is, it's just repetition at some point because, you know, you, you do one helmet and then it's just, it's just the next one and the next one and the next one. Right. So, it becomes a little easier once you, uh, you know, practice makes perfect, right? You just move on and, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I think I had, I spoke to you or I had talked to you earlier about, uh, the Wilson helmet. Uh, one of the first accounts I ever followed when uh, I first started drawing how much was Wilson. I, I think partly because I knew of the history of the program. Um, and because of the web, the, the, uh, Twitter site for Wilson football and also your site, and I was kind of fascinated that a larger account like that, plus you do a wonderful job of the history. And I, that's another thing that I'm into. I would love to start doing throwback kind of designs because that is kind of fascinating to me. Well, that However, is uh, certainly something that I can assist you with. If you would ever need a guinea pig, I'm sure you and I can hook up and I can send you photos <laughs> and reference stuff that I have. But Justin knows this all too well. Yeah, there's there's a if you're looking for resources on Wilson football, Joey is your man. Yes, I I, I used him several times. Uh, again, I, I and I spoke to Joe about this. When you get a larger account, you know that you get more information. I was telling him some of the smaller schools out in the northwest part of the state, it's tough to even get a, a picture of what the helmet looks like let alone a throwback. So it's kind of great that you have people that are passionate about football and do for their schools and do for their programs. Um, another one, and I think I talked to Joe about this through a, a DM one time, is the Minersville program. I know about the history of that, and the coach there follows me, and he sent me a shot of their new helmet. And there's a uh, another Twitter user. His name is Shane, and he's a historian. And I just eat that stuff up because one, it's knowledge, but two, they're great resources to do work 
Yeah, well, um, I mean, you did an, an excellent job. You were able to produce some of these. Like, it just felt like on the fly. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, here here it is. When you tagged me in the Minersville ones, th- that was just super cool to see the head coach basically unveil what they're going to be wearing, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, a retro throwback uh, that they're bringing back which with the miner on the helmet, which is super cool. I, I had said and I had posted using your, your graphics um I posted my favorites. You know, I took like a top three from each of the uh, Pennsylvania districts and was just like, hey, these are the helmets that I really like. And Minersville was um, one of them. I think they're the runner up in the district. Um, but then I think it was, it may have been that day you were like, hey, ch- check this out. And Minersville's changing their helmet and I already drew it up. So that, that was really, really cool. And it's awesome to get feedback like that immediately and for you to be on top of things and, and produce it as teams update what they do. So you've spent obviously a lot of time. What did you say? It's over, is it 530, 560? How many helmets are there? Um, there in the state of Pennsylvania, there are 563. I also do what is known as the inner AC which is the non-PIAA schools. Okay. Plus, I've done, I've done probably close to, I'm going to guess close to 2,000 throughout the United States just because, wow. I, you know, for wow. example, I sent out today a couple, there was an online, and I believe that you were involved in it. Yes. And, and there are some really neat, um, one of my favorites that I drew up was this team from Montana, the Chinook Sugar Beaters. Yeah, yes. And, and they have this really great the picture of a kind of a sugar beet looking thing with two beaters at the bottom by his where his feet would be, and just some of the some of the the mascots and and the designs are quite quite unique. So, of all the ones you've done, the 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 main helmet for the five hundred and sixty three uh, programs in Pennsylvania. Uh, do you have like just a handful that jump out to you as some of your favorites? Did we see them make the finals at all? Actually, I, I just quickly, yes. Um, one, and I'll, I'll just do quickly through um, District 3, for example. Actually, Wilson was one because you changed the W, and that was an old throwback to the main style. Um, out of District 2, I kind of like Old Forge that has this blue devil. Um, yes, yes. I believe I considered them for, for mine as well. Um, Minersville, I actually liked in District 11, not only with the old logo, but I really like that new logo. Uh, and, and District 9, St. Mary's came out with this great, and I, you don't, it don't capture it in the flat view, but they have an anchor coming down the middle with the chain and the pirate flag. So those are a few that stick out to me in terms of, Really great designs, really great, you know, programs that the, the Myersville one, for example, I can get all kinds of information. So the minute they change, I can get with the coach and I can, I can get that information. But going back to the Wilson one, I found it interesting. I had talked to you earlier. I really liked the Bulldog. But when you told me you were changing, I thought, well, I hope that doesn't affect the tournament. <laughs> because I, I, I really thought the Bulldog was better in terms of the design because it was more up-to-date. Because sometimes the throwback, people get a little turned off by going back in time. So I was really surprised to see how Wilson did, to be honest with you, because it's a throwback design that you threw together. And I was like, I like the bulldog much better. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that because the 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 um the throwback to the W in football, which was used um from the late sixties through the mid seventies for I think about or right around a decade, uh, it's been pretty well received around here because I, I believe I mentioned this to you or maybe I sent this um, to the history page for the tournament that uh, we used variations of that bulldog for uh over 40 years so it was something that was commonplace around here so going back to something different um you know it was i guess people just thought it was time for a change and to go back um at least i thought it was only a one-year thing uh you know last year as you you know you made the helmet uh for the uh for the schedule page the one side had the bulldog with the 75th season the other side had the uh, retro w in football and i thought that was it and then 
when I was told that it was looking like they were going to put the W in football on both sides, I, I was a little surprised because I thought that was just a seven-fifth season helmet and we'd be back to the regular Bulldog. But um, people really liked the uh, the W in football and they decided to put it on both sides of the helmet. And um, I had thought for sure that we would get some blowback from it, but I actually think a lot of people like it. And as we saw, and I think you were in the one discussion, at least you were, were tagged in it as someone was replying to a, one of your photos that we kind of were getting a rib because the bulldog is like a, they consider a standard, you know, copy paste bulldog, generic bulldog that's used by so many teams around the country. And I pointed out, I was like, well, I'm not sure any other teams use that in Pennsylvania. And as the contest went on, I think there was one other in Pennsylvania that used a bulldog very similar to what Wilson has used over the years. Uh, yeah, I the bulldog is actually to me, at least to me, this is my thinking. Is better when it's a full full picture bulldog versus you'll see like the Georgia type bulldog, right? With, with the thing, I'm, I'm not a, a fan of that. Um, the the full bulldog, but the the bulldogs vary in terms of the way they stick their tongue out, the way they their teeth are made. So the Wilson is very unique. I will say that, and it's one of the better bulldog designs. The the one bulldog design that jumped out to me that I really did like was the Red Bank Valley one. I, I like that. I think it also stands out to me because it's kind of the inverse of Wilson because they have the red shell with the white stripe, whereas we're always the white sh- white shell with the red stripe. So they're a uh, gray bulldog. Um, now that is just the head, but I, I do I do enjoy that, enjoy that one. Of course, that's in District Nine, where some of the best helmets were in this contest. Their final six was just absolutely great because that Bradford one is amazing. I really like Brookville. They actually were my champion from District Nine. Cameron County is very similar to Pennsylvania State champion helmet. Then you have Red Bank Valley and St. Mary's with that pirate flag. Those are some really, really quality helmets in District Nine. Yeah, and and I, I think I think for a smaller for a smaller district, that's quite the thing because you know you're talking maybe fifty miles between some schools at times or better, and each school is pretty unique out there. I mean, there's a there's a few that are kind of bland, but I wish schools would actually do more of that. Not because I like to draw them, but because I think typically you'll either get text or lettering, and I don't think they do their their mascot a, a service by not promoting the school that way. I mean, a lot of schools will, if you start with D, they'll put a D on there, you know, and sometimes I get it, but most of the time I'd like to see the schools promote themselves because that's really what it's about to me. Yeah, and we saw, you know, the ones that made it to um, their district championships and then, then those final 12 in the state, those schools really got out the, the numbers of voters. I was very impressed by Marple Newtown uh, against Wilson and, and um, St. Joe's Prep. Uh, they did, had an incredible turnout, and they actually catapulted themselves all the way into uh, the state final, uh, beating, I believe, was it East Stroudsburg in the Eastern final? Is that who they beat? I, I don't recall that. I was trying to think of that. Actually, yeah, I think I think it was East Strasburg. That is the interesting thing about that is is the number of votes we were trying. We were kind of hoping that people would vote. You know, some have loyalty. We get that, but we were, for example, in District Three. Another one I like in District Three, and and it, it was competing with Wilson would be the Milton Hershey Spartan. Yes. It's and I don't know anything about Milton Hershey. I mean, I know a little bit about it, but the color combo and the Spartan was really neat. So if I had to pick one that said it doesn't anything to do with anybody I follow or anything, just design and color scheme would be Milton Hershey. Yeah, and they're actually the one that I picked as my favorite in District Three, not not including Wilson in the discussion. Milton Hershey was the one that got my favorite. Then, of course, I refer to them as the Trojans and not the Spartans, mixing up my Hershey's, uh, my Hershey schools. So, uh, but yeah, no, they have a great one. And St. Joe's has a big following. Um, I'm not impressed with their helmet. It's kind of a, a a burgundy kind of a reddish with just a hawk. Obviously, you have, you know, the DeAndre Swift era, you have all those followers, and it's it's a nice helmet, but it's not, I didn't think it was top tier, and uh, just the number of voters, it's very hard to satisfy people that are voting 
just based on numbers. So right, yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. Obviously, I'm gonna. I was gonna vote for Wilson because that's kind of my thing. That was gonna happen no matter what. But any of the other districts that I was voting in, I was voting for what I liked the best. Didn't matter if I loved or hated the team. I wanted to see the best helmets advance, and uh, for the most part, I felt that that a lot of them did. Uh, so I think there were a lot of uh, people, you know, they were voting for their hometown team, but outside of that, they were voting for what they really liked aesthetically. Cause I think we ended up with honestly the best helmet in Pennsylvania winning the tournament. So I think it did a, a really great job and uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, the national uh, tournament comes out as I, I've been hearing rumors about. Yeah. We, we, I talked a little bit with the gentleman from the PA football history, uh, uh, account just actually started, and and I can't think of, off the top of my head the name of it, but it's it's going to be the national tournament, and he's already starting to pull together uh, information from several states. I know at one point he was over a dozen already, and he's looking to get each tournament from each state. So in our case, in the case of Pennsylvania, Coleman Township will represent. You know, and but there are some really bland designs. There's going to be some real great designs. Uh, I think there was some big discussion today. This one from Illinois, the Fisher Bunnies. The Fisher Bunnies, yeah, they 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 are interesting. I love it, and it's not traditional. They don't have it on the side of their helmet. They have it on the front of the helmet. And, um, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm partial. I like the orange. So, you know, they're, they may be getting my vote. You know, I, I'm going to roll with Pennsylvania as far as I can, but they're going to be a Fisher Bunnies. I think are going to be a tough out. Yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, but it's been fun doing this, I think. Uh, and I told the two gentlemen that were working with me that it, it, it's, it was fun. But to me, it was to promote football. That's what I'm all about. I love high school football. I love Friday nights. I, I love I love the equipment. I love being around the people, the stands. Football is great in Pennsylvania. So it was just my kind of giving back to football. Well, Chris, you do a phenomenal job. We appreciate all the work you're doing, um, you know, with your spare time for fun to promote Pennsylvania high school football. And we look forward to seeing your graphics grace us this football season this fall. Um, Hopefully we're operating at full capacity and we get to enjoy those Friday night lights. And, um, you know, everyone, make sure you follow at END2008 on Twitter. That is Chris. And then also at PA underscore FB underscore history. That is the PA football history page. And like Chris mentioned, uh, that account received over a thousand new followers because of this tournament. And uh, that account is always sending out great information and asking for feedback about the history of football in Pennsylvania. So Chris, once again, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, you know, we'll have to have you back on again soon. Maybe if you and I can hook up for um, some Wilson stuff, uh, we can have you on. We can debut it uh, on the show sometime. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. All right, Chris, have a good one. Goodbye. All right. So that was Chris from the at END 2008 Twitter account to talk about the Pennsylvania football helmet competition that was held this past month and uh justin what did you think about uh some of those designs we saw in the uh helmet tournament oh i loved it um i found myself a number of times looking up and thinking where is that school um but some of the helmets were just amazing um you you kind of talked about it before with the bulldog thing not that all the, all of them are the same, but there are some designs that you see over and over again. And some of those teams I already know, um, but that doesn't mean they're bad helmets, but it's cool. It was really cool getting to see some of the helmets that I never had really seen before. Like even in the one that Wilson ended up, um, Marvel Newtown, like I'd never see, I don't recall seeing that helmet before. That's a pretty right. cool helmet. Um, you know, and, and just looking through some of them, um, it was pretty cool. You you were talking about and pulled up the District 9 ones earlier. Like, I don't know that I really know about any of those schools, but seeing those helmets was pretty cool. I, I think I voted for the St. Mary's one. I really like that pirate. I, I, that was um, um, that was listed in my, on my um, my personal list as well. That is a very cool helmet. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, it would be cool. It would be a monumental task to get a national thing. Like you'd almost need someone to run it for each state right. and then just kind of forward it along. Yeah. Um, I, but 
I wonder it would, if it would be cool. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, it, yeah, it would be cool. And honestly, I mean, all you really have to do, I, I don't know. Like that's the thing. I've never looked to see. Like I know, like a few years ago, like the PA football helmet, you know, thing went together, and that was the first time I had really seen lots of the different helmets. Um, but like, I don't know if they have those kind of things available. Like some states, I'm sure it's probably a little easier. You know, I start thinking like Florida, Texas, uh, California, there's just so many schools, but right. it would, it would be incredible to like do that, you know? So, well, I think the, the Pennsylvania football helmet competition was the OG. And I think other, other, co- I think so. other states latched on, uh, I know Illinois for certain, uh, there were a few others because I see the, uh, the, the guys that ran it, you know, besides Chris uh, at END 2008 and uh, the at PA underscore FB underscore history account on Twitter. There's also Steelers Nat. Um, he was involved in the bracketing and the setup of uh, the pods. Uh, so the three of them really set this up. And then I've seen all of them discussing with other um, state representatives getting the this attempt at a national helmet tournament. And I think they're doing exactly what you said. They would like to get 50 state winners. And then if you think about it, you know, maybe throw in like 14 wild cards or try to get a few runners up in there to get to that 64 helmet bracket and, and see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that would, that would be cool. I definitely would be cool. I, um, I mean, helmet and Jersey and the aesthetics of, of uh, sports is, is very intriguing to me. So this was right up my alley and I'm very happy that, uh, the, our, our fans and community got the Wilson helmet all the way to the, uh, final 12 in Pennsylvania, you know, top 12 out of 563. I'll take that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. I was going to make a joke when he was talking about the St. Joe's prep helmet. I was going to make a joke that <laughs> they probably got a lot of votes from New Jersey, but I, I figured <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't the time. So. No, yeah, we, we would never say that. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> quickly run through our housekeeping before we uh, focus back on specifically the Wilson football team. So we do want to thank our show sponsors, our holdovers uh, from last year. They got a couple more episodes before the, the annual um, renewal comes upon them. So uh, thanks again to um, May's Sandwich Shop, our two anonymous donors, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, and Mr. Andy Herr, who uh, he is long overdue to make an appearance on this show. Of course, we always want to do it with us, the three of us in studio, and that is not possible right now. But hopefully um, when (laughs) when things uh, clear up and uh, it's a possibility, we can get Andy in here and the three of us can talk uh, Wilson and, and, um, you know, Burks and LL football together because Andy's a great guy and he's uh, supported us for a long time. And uh, our one of the highlights of our football season is always when Andy's covering a Wilson game. So um, I was going to say, speaking speaking of great san- sandwiches, like you get at May Sandwich Shop, <laughs> um, I was reminiscing of our uh, of our Penn Manor trip and, and grabbing a bite to eat with Andy after the game uh, just today. When I was I, I forget what I was doing, but it crossed my mind, and I was just like, oh man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't compare to May sandwiches, but it, it, was, it was a good time. The company was good. Right. Well, I mean, we can't have remote locations everywhere that Wilson plays. We got to we gotta hang out in West Lawn for that. Uh, but, yeah, it is fun whenever we meet up with Andy, get to talk uh, football. And, and, of course, with him, basketball, too. We can't forget about the LL Hoops. So um, if you want to help us here at the Bulldog Hour, you can do so with sponsorship and advertising. Just to talk to me about that. Uh, we do accept in-kind donations and um, visit the website bulldoghour.com has become a great resource for mostly everything related to the Wilson football team. And then always on uh, the uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Justin's favorite thing, spreading the word. Yeah. Like and share. All right. Our next live show is scheduled about two months from now. That could change depending on if there's any announcements related to summer or fall activities um, overseen by the PIAA. I believe everything is on hold through the end of June, so don't expect much um, before July. We will try to have a show at the end of June. Hopefully, we'll have information by then. However, that could change. But tentatively, our next show is about two months from now, Sunday, June 21st at 8.30 right here on BulldogHour.com. All right, so let's check out the 2020 schedule now because it has, in fact, changed since the last time we were on this show. Episode 6-1 with Chad uh, two months ago 
We were still wondering for certain what was happening with game number four, September 18th, and we also thought the Exeter game was away. Well, things have shifted around a bit, and the schedule has been finalized, and Wilson has seen a few shakeups. Both those game three and game four have changed since the last time we talked. The game three against Exeter on Friday, September 11th, is now at Gursky. It has been switched from uh, Exeter to Wilson, and uh, obviously we'll just be flip-flopping that next year. So the Bulldogs will travel to play Exeter in 2021. Exeter is visiting Wilson this season. And Game 4, there were rumors that it would possibly be Roman Catholic out of Philadelphia. Well, it's now a different Philadelphia school. It is now Martin Luther King, and Wilson will be traveling to play that Philadelphia high school. And that will be a 6.30 start time. Those games down in the Philadelphia district start a tad earlier. So for those of you that are making the travel to Philadelphia to watch Wilson play Martin Luther King, that game will start at 6.30 on Friday, September 18th. The rest of the schedule... Be, uh, one, one, one of the more interesting uh, road trips, just in that um, we haven't been down that way to play in a long, long time, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to hit the the hit stats and history book to see how many of those schools we've played because that's a District 12 school, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to see how many times Wilson has played District 12 competition. Well, up, up until not too long ago, District 12 wasn't even technically in PIAA, were they? Right, so they've only had the opportunity for like 11 years or something like that. Right, right. It feels like a lot longer, but it really hasn't been that long. Yeah, it's it's only been a little over a decade, I think. Maybe, maybe as much as fifteen years. Not exactly sure when they uh, when they started to compete. So uh, definitely a unique opportunity. Uh, you, they got unique colors too. Something we don't see often: purple, uh, purple and gold. So um, kind of imagine the Minnesota Vikings, but with the Clemson paw print. That's uh, what you're getting from Martin Luther King. And we'll have more about uh, Martin Luther King and the. Uh, and everything related to that program as we approach the season this summer, we'll we'll, we'll try to do a deep dive and um, get you introduced to them because everyone else on the schedule, let's face it, we've seen many, many times. You know, Wilson starts at Central Dolphin in game number one, returns home for the games against Mifflin and Exeter, you know, two Berks County foes that uh, Wilson fans and community are very aware of before traveling to that Martin Luther King location for game four on the 18th. And then, you know, now you're in the LL stuff with the crossover game against Mannheim Central. And then the actual Section 1 games with Penn Manor, McCaskey, Cedarcrest, Hempfield. And then the season finale at Mannheim Township on October 30th. Anything else stand out to you, Justin, about the finalized schedule? Um, it, it is interesting. That, you know, who knows how the season will, will unfold. But that Mannheim Township game being Week 10, is that's very interesting to me. Um, you know, like you said, that that non-league slate um, is also interesting just on in the sense that, um, you know, Exeter has really come on strong the last year. So, you know, that's big game against Berks County teams in week two and week three. You know, that's that's kind of fun. And, you know, just the way it works out, they're both home. That's, that's pretty interesting, too. So, um yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good run. You look at Central Dolphin, you know, perennial playoff team, Mifflin, perennial playoff team. Exeter has made the playoffs the last couple years. Um, like you said, we'll get into more about Martin Luther King later on. Um, District 12 is always interesting because you get the public school league versus the private, versus the Catholic League champ usually. Um, but Mannheim Central, you know, um, and then, you know, Cedar Crest was better last year and made the playoffs. And Hempfield is, you know, usually borderline, but a new coaching staff there. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and, you know, and um, it should be interesting, but it should be fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that the schedule is coming to focus because, man, for a while I was really – scared that we were only going to get to play nine games and that five of them were going to be on the road and it just wasn't looking great. And then uh, all of a sudden the Exeter game flipped and Martin Luther King became available. Um, 
and that's great. So great work by Coach Doms and, and AD Drew Kaufman to get that ironed out. Because I mean, they were put in that situation for, by the Lancaster Lebanon League when they decided to switch to four sections this year. Now you have to play five non-league games, which is incredibly difficult. But again, it probably helped push them to basically confirm a Burks LL schedule or excuse me Burks LL team merger starting yeah. in 2022 so get through these which, two years and we should be funny. okay yeah it's funny to me that it didn't really get anywhere the first time and I know there's a lot more to that but it didn't really go very far the first time and I and I remember saying to you what's going to happen what will drive it is if something happens with scheduling that creates a scheduling issue for LL teams like you had with the Burks teams, right? How you had Burks teams who just couldn't get enough teams on the schedule. And, right. you know, that's how you ended up with, like, why missing playing um, Mifflin County. Know, in Mifflin County, you know, schools like that. And Burks Catholic looking to pick up teams, you know, that are non-PIAA schools. And it, it just, it, it's been tough for a lot of Burks League teams. Well, then... So, like, what does the LL do? They changed it and brought that problem on themselves, which was just odd to me. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like it was that big of an issue, and then they made it an issue. But, hey, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I'm glad, and I want to see the Burks LL merger for football. Like, I think that's a good thing for both leagues. Um, so I'm not complaining about it. It just seemed odd to me that they were so, like, it apparently dead set against it. And then they created a situation which essentially created a necessity for it. You know, like yeah. it just seems weird to me. Yeah. Well, you know, Wilson doesn't have a say in that. So we just kind of sit back and right, do what right. We're, told. we're just along for the ride. Yeah. Which is funny because we're not in the Burks League, but we're in Burks, but we're also the, at right now, the only tie, you know, between Burks and LL League. So it's, it's just, it's odd. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm throwing up the graphic that I made of the of the new helmet. You know, kind of debuted in fe- at the end of February on the first show for the sixth season here on the Bulldog Hour. That um, as far as I've been told, the W in football logo is going to be on both sides of the helmet, and that's what we saw compete in the um, Pennsylvania football history's uh, best football helmet in, in PA competition, in which we just talked to uh, Chris about. So um, yeah. Uh, if you have anything to say about the, the helmet, you know, let me know. But um, you should expect to see this uh, vintage-expired retro design on the field uh, full-time this fall, hopefully. There's something I feel like seeing the retro nice and clean on the modern helmets, which just looks really cool to me. Yeah. Um, like, you had, you had sent, and it wasn't in quite this level of detail, but, like, the... Uh, like that Eagles mock-up you had sent me, like seeing that, like the the old school logos and patterns done with the way uniforms and helmets are done now. Oh man, it it looks really cool. I think it does. Yeah, and I, you know, and everyone should know by now. I'm not an Eagles fan, but I am a huge fan of the Kelly Green, the old school Eagles jerseys that have been gone now for what over 20 years, I believe, because Eagles changed oh, yeah, what the time. late 90s to this uh, midnight yeah. green. And I don't dislike what they have now. I just really hope they can get a Kelly green, at least an alternate in the future. If the NFL relaxes their, their single helmet used rule. So, but I, I think um, Wilson's retro design uh, has a chance to look really, uh, really neat this fall. I and mean, we kind of saw it halfway there this past year. So it's not a huge, huge change. Now we, we talked about this at the end of the season five, following the conclusion of the 2019 season, just breeze past it at the debut premiere episode of season six, two months ago. Um, but looking ahead to 2020, our returning starters and contributors, as far, far as I know, I don't think any of this has changed. Um, hopefully not because we want to see um, our uh, student athletes continue at Wilson and uh, have a lot of success on and off the field. Uh, offensively speaking, uh, quarterback, two running backs and a receiver coming back. Unfortunately, no offensive linemen return. Um, I, there's a few that played in there um, in a reserve role or as a sixth man, um, specifically thinking about Chase Walters uh, for that role. But primarily, it's uh, 
Caleb Brown, Mason Leonard, Jaden Jones, and Troy Corson coming back on offense. So we're going to find out real quickly what's going on in the trenches. And um, also, the uh, the Bulldogs are looking for a new offensive line coach as uh, Coach Lorchak became the head coach at Muhlenberg. So we, we wish Coach Lorchak um, all the, the luck in the world, and hopefully he can have great success with that Burks program. But Wilson is um, going to be... Uh, not only bringing in five new offensive linemen, but also a new offensive line coach for the uh, second time in, in three years after the uh, retirement of Coach Brubaker following the 2017 season. All right, defensively speaking, uh, a few more bodies there. Uh, uh, defensive tackle Jeff Colson, who's uh, been a rotational and a starter for a few years now, also have a couple end or outside linebackers coming back in Capitano and Santana. Uh, same thing with Jaden Jones playing linebacker some last year. Jack Wagner, the, um, the, the kicker, is also an inside linebacker. And then Mason Leonard and Troy Corson in the defensive secondary. And then the special teams, a lot of the same names I already mentioned. Jack Wagner, the place kicker, holder, Troy Corson, punter, Caleb Brown, long snapper, Chase Walters, and then the kicker and punt returners, Troy Corson and Mason Leonard. So a lot of the same names over and over again. So uh, we got to find some depth and we got to find some linemen. Those are the two big things going into 2020. What do you think about this uh, returning starters and contributors list, Justin? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a number of the guys on that list. We've seen them contribute for a couple of years. Um, so it's not that there isn't experience that's returning, you know. Um, but like you said, the, the depth and, and filling out, I say, you know, on that, when you look at that offensive side, there's a lot there. That offensive line will need to come together, and as we talked about the schedule, they're going to need to come together in a hurry. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of work that goes in over the summer. Typically, who knows what that's going to look like right now? You know, I know there's a lot of work that goes in in the spring. You know, now I know there's a break when there's lots of guys playing other sports. You know, so that that. That, that is a bit of a change. Um, you know, I feel like most of the winter stuff had concluded because spring sports were pretty much underway. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see because it, it's going to be tough for teams that are used to this 12-month schedule. Not that there's something every day for 12 months. You know, it's not like during the season, but how there's a routine. And then, they, you know, the guys have lacrosse or track or baseball or whatever in the – in the spring and then they come back and here we go. We're into football, you know, starting when school's out and then all summer and then into the fall. Well, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't think anybody really knows what that's going to look like. You mentioned PIAA kind of putting things on hold for a while. Um, and understandably, I'm not, not complaining against that. It's just, it's going to be different. It's going to be different for everybody. It kind of reminds me of when they, when the heat acclimatization came in, you know, and then um, it was just kind of like, boom, here we go, you know, and then, uh, you know, same thing when they were kind of, sh when they shifted the playoffs and all of a sudden, all right, everyone's playing week, week zero, you know, but like week one now, you know, like it, it's just one of those things where teams are going to have to adjust. Everyone's going to have to adjust and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure, and that'll be something we probably talk a lot about on the next uh, next show of the Bull of the Bulldog Hour episode uh, three of the sixth season in about two months. We'll talk about you know the lost um, spring practices and and the, the, the voluntary uh, workouts in the spring, and then the start of the summer program, which you know Wilson always starts right after graduation when the the season ends. That the, that summer program kicks into gear, and that's not even a possibility until July first. So we'll talk about. What has and hasn't happened because of the uh, global pandemic surrounding the coronavirus on the next episode. A couple of things left here just I want to touch on again because we may not have spent as much time on it last episode um, due to our, our guest is um, the Tradition Club honored Coach Doms for his 152nd win uh, for setting the coaching record at Wilson, the head coaching record, um, this, the past meeting in February, um, just over two and a half months ago. And, uh, you know, President Barry Aiello presented this wonderful duct tape art by um, Wilson grad Josh Lonneberger to Coach Doms. Uh, it was a, a great evening. We got to surprise him with that and it was very well received. And I know we touched on it a bit two months ago, but I just wanted to bring it up again 
um, because it, it was a lot of fun and, it was, and it's a great art piece and Coach Dom seemed to really like it. Yeah, that's awesome. So the Valor Bowl was supposed to be May 28th. Um, I know a bunch of these uh, all-star games have since been canceled. Um, I did not get to double-check to see if the Valor Bowl was, but I assume it, that it, it has, has been. been. Yeah. Okay. It, um, yeah, it has been. Because I know that the Big 33 was canceled and the uh, East-West was canceled and the LL one, the Tri-County, was canceled. So I assume the Valor Bowl was, but I just wanted to get the graphic up there one more time to see the five players that were going to represent Wilson, these five seniors, Adam Venino, Anthony Coper, Avanti Lockhart, Matt Fry, and Nate Keller, were going to be representing Wilson at the Valor Bowl, which was Burks versus Chester's best of the best of the seniors. And that was to be held on May 28th at Downingtown East. But again, that will not be happening, unfortunately. So um, then the last thing I have here is just uh, want to take a moment here to uh, just uh, recognize those seniors uh, f- not just from football season, but for those that are graduating as part of the class of 2020 and uh, just, you know, give them a, a brief moment in the spotlight here as uh, things obviously aren't ending the way anyone expected or hoped or wanted them to end, especially those that had events canceled. Um, you know, obviously we can talk about the sports aspect of that, but there's so many other things, um, clubs and events and trips and uh the significant events that go on for a high school senior that have just been ripped away and is incredibly tragic and disappointing. Obviously it's understandable, but it doesn't make it any less difficult to deal with. So um, just, you know, think about those uh, high school seniors, the class of 2020 are going through something um, literally that I'm not sure many graduating classes have seen in the better part of the last hundred years. So it's a difficult time, but we appreciate everything they did for Wilson um, throughout the last, uh, 12 years. All right. So Justin, anything else to add here as we wrap up episode six dash two? Um, no, I think, I think you pretty much hit on it, um, with the, uh, you know, the, the kind of tribute to the seniors. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's not a, not a great situation obviously but um you know i'm confident that uh those guys from the football team and and in general the class of 2020 um are going to make the best of it you know um because that's that's really all you all you can do you know you you can only um you know when i going way back to when i coached polo (laughs) kids used to laugh all the time because i would all the time say control the things you can control and like you know, it, it, it is one of those coaching cliches, but honestly, it, it's, there's nothing you can do about so many of the things that are happening right now, but um, the things you can control, those are the things you need to take care of. So um, I'm confident these guys will go on to do great things. Um, I know a number of them from class um, and uh, good, good guys. So, um, yeah, my best to the class of 2020. Absolutely. Well said. And if you would like to hear more from Justin and I, we've been pretty active doing our regular show on uh, the Joe Mays and j show, which is where this all began, and Bulldog Hour kind of became a spinoff of that. Uh, but you can listen to Justin and I talk about football, mostly pro, some college, and occasionally we'll talk about the other uh, professional sports leagues. Uh, that is a weekly show, the same time slot, 8.30 on Sunday evenings. Uh, visit jmnjrradio.com or jomazenjraf.com, and uh, you get more of the same from us just talking about uh, the NFL or college football. Yeah, you can hear all I have to say about Jalen Hurts getting drafted in the second round. Yeah, you can hear that next Sunday. So if you would like to hear yeah. Justin's head explode... I- I am I am super thankful we were not live for the second round like we were for the first round because that could have been a historic day in, for the show. Well, so, I did uh, did say that you know we you and I had a group shot group chat going with uh, Adam, and all of a sudden it went really silent after we all reacted yeah. to the Jalen Hurts pick, and then no one spoke until the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you, you know that thing where it's like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's, <laughs> yeah. That was running through my head a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and so my son got really into the draft. All right. Like 
more so than well, I thought he was. Congratulations on that milestone, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So it was, that that part of it was awesome. Make sure so you like, fill out the book. He's like, well, so he was really mad that KJ Hamler got picked before the Eagles went. However, to be honest, I kept trying to talk him up. I'm like, look, if KJ can't come to the Eagles, like he went to the Broncos, that's awesome. I'm really excited. My sister lives in Colorado. Like, you know, that that is not bad, Austin, you know. So going through that whole thing. So he's like, who do you want the Eagles to pick? And I'm like, oh, here, I'm like, honestly, it doesn't even really matter. Like, I don't know how they could go wrong with, you know, something here. <laughs> well, they make the pick. I go, what's the, and he, he looks at me and goes, hey, both their first picks are named Jalen. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yes, <laughs> well, they are. Hey, very receptive. He's paying attention. That, that's uh, This is all yeah, positives. I, yeah, I was I was stunned. He wasn't nearly as upset about the pick as I was because he's like, "Is he not good?" I'm like, "No, he's he's good." Like I just, but then he had the same question. He's like, "They already have a quarterback." I'm like, "I, I know, I buddy. know, wow, but, buddy, we can't we can't we can't get into this right now because Daddy's blood pressure is rising <laughs> as we speak." So I'm gonna need to go outside for a second. Don't repeat anything you hear. Yeah. I go to sleep. I mean, I can't now because I'm angry. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. good, good not, stuff. Not to go off on a tangent. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we we'll focus on the positives. My, my son was super into watching the draft. So yeah. That was, that was a lot. It was a lot of fun. That is the main takeaway. <laughs> and that's something that you can spend father son time doing now for the you know, next, oh uh, decade or two. So that'll be a lot of fun yeah. to enjoy. So, and don't <laughs> worry. I'm sure the Eagles will disappoint you on more than one occasion. Well, well, that was we joked about that right away. We're like, "Oh man, disappointed as a Philly sports fan." Welcome, welcome. <laughs> what to the a club, surprise! Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the club. It sucks. You're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be back again in about two months, uh, Sunday, June 21st. That's the tentative schedule for um, the third episode of season six of the Bulldog Hour. Uh, we appreciate your feedback, your comments, uh, your suggestions, and do leave us uh, reviews on the podcast platforms. You can do so on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and uh, we would really appreciate you. Uh, you know, like Justin says, like and share, spread the word, support us in any way you can. We're looking forward to the 2020 Wilson football season. Wow, we really hope that that happens. So, uh, for Justin Raffoff. I'm Joe Mays, and until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.